Welcome back, scholars. Another lecture event. And tonight, we have something special for you. Are You're you? just staring at me? I, I mean, sometimes... Oh. I like staring at you. I, I thought you were going to jump in. I'm I'm accustomed to letting you handle the intros. Well, my goodness. Well, I love it. A man who uh, lets his lady lead. Because, you know, sometimes in the, the patriarchal society, it's always like the man goes first. Um, I am secure enough in my manliness to let you take the lead when it's your area of expertise. <laughs> Well, well, thank you for having that trust in me. Of course. So, um, should we introduce ourselves? It, yes, I am Headmistress Sapphire, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Benjamin LaRiviere. And if you are just like following us, welcome. We do suggest that you try to go in order, or just like go back to season one to get a feel for us. But I will say, season two, which we're currently on right now, semester two. We're doing things a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, we're bringing you a lecture series. Sometimes it's just the two of us, or we bring in a very special guest. Uh, last week, we had a great, great Breaking the Stigma oh, yes. conversation. And I think you guys should all go back and take a listen. Shoshana Raven. Yes, Miss Shoshana Raven. Oh, my God. Amazing. She's fantastic. Yeah, soul sister. Love her to death. Um, definitely check it out. All her information is in the bio of the show. Please, please, please check it out. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, for the scholars that did take a listen, thank you for your openness, you know, for allowing us to have this conversation. And we're glad that you guys embraced it the way you did. So like I said, tonight we are continuing a discussion. Um, earlier this summer, I had the honor of speaking about interracial relationships and colorism. And a lot of people were like, what the hell is colorism? And it's basically when you overemphasize your attraction for a certain race. Mm -hmm. Like it's almost to the point where you're fetishizing that race. And it was a great discussion that I had and In the times that we're in right now, I personally, if you have not picked up scholars, great for your colorblind ears, but I'd like to reintroduce myself. I am a black woman. I am a black woman who is part of the LGBTQ community. Benjamin is my primary partner, who is a white cis male. Mm -hmm. And over the years that Benjamin and I have become a little bit more serious than we actually started it seems that at least some of my fan base on my social media as well as my personal life people just are imposing their own uh assumptions in our relationship um and especially now in the time that we're in where racial tensions are at an all-time high you you made a look a look. They are definitely at a high. I would say at an all time high, in hindsight, since Rodney King, which was ninety two. I haven't seen this much of racial. Are we kind of speaking tension? like in our lifetime. Yes. Okay. Because well, when I I hear mean racism has been there, but right. I'm saying like 
in the past 20 or so years, mm-hmm. especially as we are growing in this digital age, I mean, in our lifetime right now, can you name a time in the past 10, 15 years where... Not in the past 10, 15 years. Okay. I only paused because you said all time, and I was like, slavery existed for 400-some years. Yeah, I mean, I'm ta- but I'm talking about mostly because now we're seeing everything on camera. Yes. All at it's the hands. It's definitely more in your face. Yes. It's, it's so that's what I mean. for people to turn a blind eye to it. Right. And those who are turning a blind eye, well, I have to question why. I have to question your... I, I'm... Yes, obviously question why. Also impressed with your inability or impressed with your ability to avoid media. This, yeah, especially speaking of, I am avoiding social media for the time being. Ms. Radio yep. Sapphire will not be run by me um, for the time being. I am taking a personal uh, break because of what we're about to discuss. Is it being run by someone else? Um, it's being run by our awesome... Oh, cool. Uh, I didn't know she was taking over. Yes, yes. I personally asked her, our lovely scholar, Sabrina, who's our lovely assistant on the show. She does a lot of our posts and the graphics. So she's going to handle the social media for Ms. Radio Sapphire for a bit. It's okay. just, I need a break. I need a personal break. So if there's any messages that you want to rely to me, it will go through her first and then go from there. But for me, no. Taking a break. So going back. So... Like I said, race is becoming a bigger issue due to social media and what we've been witnessing these past couple of months, especially during 2020. And I was recently confronted online as well as um, verbally on the phone by some people that were asking me, how can you, a pro-black woman, be with someone who is not black during these times. And as I said, this is something that has been stirring up. Like people find out that Benjamin's white and they find out the degree of our relationship. And it's like, how can you let a white man do this to you? Oh, your girlfriends on our, you don't even have black girlfriends. So how can you be with any of them? Well, for the record, my girlfriends are women of color. They just are not black. Mm-hmm. They are um, Hispanic and Middle Eastern. And yes, the two men that I'm involved with are white, but I'm not going to use the stereotypical, oh, they're woke white boys. They're just white men who <laughs> are very uh, aware. Mm-hmm. They are conscious and respectful and they're people at the end of the day. I also feel like it's an, the accusation of why you aren't dating black men kind of implies that you set out to find a boyfriend or boyfriends and you deter, and you only looked at a certain race as opposed to we started dating very slowly and very organically um, and it wasn't like we were ex- looking for anything serious. Right. And this just evolved into a more serious relationship. So it's not as if you were excluding other relationships based on race. It, this was entirely a personality-based relationship that grew into a stronger one and happened to be between a white man and a black woman. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. I'm, I'm going to be completely 
honest and clear. Like I was never, when I joined Tinder at the time, Mm -hmm. I had just moved out on my own for the very first time. Like out on my own, like meaning living by myself. Right. And you know, yeah, I was on Tinder when I had roommates, but now I'm like, I can expand my horizons. I can explore my sexuality more because I have my own space Mm -hmm. to do so. And it's not like on Tinder I had a preference either. If they looked good on the profile, if they wrote shit in their profile, I'd swipe. Never in my mind. I really, like, I don't want to be that stereotypical girl to say, like, I don't see color. But I honestly, like, okay, cool. It didn't factor into your decision making. No. And even a bigger background about me. My Google Home just decided to pop up and be nosy. Yeah, sorry about that. I'm going to keep that in the show because that just adds some realism (laughs) that, you know, everybody's just watching. So I don't even know what Issa picked up on there. But so quiet. Wait, is is that Issa Rae's voice? That was Issa Rae. And then it went into my weird white boy helper. I assumed Issa Rae didn't just become white Google boy. No. No, no I know. they switch off voices. back and forth. That's interesting. Yeah, right. I love it. I didn't notice they did a recording for that. <laughs> but I'm um, going back to what I was saying. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my family is very mixed, especially on my mom's side. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom and dad, set aside from my grandmother and grandfather, were the only couples that actually married black. Everyone else in my mom's side of the family, out of her 10 brothers and sisters, majority of my cousins are all biracial and biracially white to even segregate it even more to give the breakdown. Mm. So for me, having a family of a rainbow family, as I like to call it, or as my dad calls it, the United Nations, like we have everything. Everyone and everything that comes through the door. Like, mm-hmm. I have cousins who are Filipino. I have cousins who are Latina. And like I said, the majority of them are all biracially white. So hmm. color to me was never like a thing until I started getting older. And, you know, when I started realizing I didn't have a lot of black friends growing up. I didn't have I wasn't even like in my dating life when I started, you know, exploring my sexuality because of my community I was raised in a very affluent neighborhood like my parents were not like the richest but we were we I grew up comfortable yeah and I went to private school all my life so there weren't a lot of black men at my school and the black men who were at my high school they were all taken okay like and nobody, I was never like the dateable material. Hard to think of it. The girl who would grow up and talk about her sex her sex life, no one was really attracted to me in high school. And I'm not saying I was ugly, but I wasn't everybody's cup of tea. But I also didn't give out that energy like she dates. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't date. I didn't party. I was always working. Mm. I was always studying. I was a nerd. But right. that's beyond you it. You were a nerd. 
That, huh? to- that totally stopped. You're not a nerd at all anymore. No, because then I met two men who are nerdier than me. Oh, oh, is that what? Oh, okay. I was gonna say uh, that was sarcasm. You were absolutely still a nerd. I'm but very much do, a nerd, but we do overshadow your nerdiness. Oh, by, by far, by <laughs> far. Like I thought I knew shit. No, these motherfuckers got a handle. I'm a nerd with the movies and music. Yeah, those are your. Those are definitely your fortes. That's I, my fortes. I, I always. <laughs> Any conversation about music comes up and I look to you. I'm like, oh, let's just ask Sapphire. She's got the answers. Yes. So that's that's like my background. It's like I grew up with mostly white friends, Latino friends and white. And did I say white? Yes. OK. And other. But black friends, it was very rare. The black people I interacted with were my family members. Mm-hmm. That's about it. And when I like ran track outside of my private school life that was the most interaction i had i've seen a thing or or heard conversations from various people where it's and it and it is kind of that discussion of when it comes to dating based on race or color that uh you tend to stick not with like not out of a bias but the general person tends to stick with what they're familiar with Mm -hmm. um i worked for a guy several years ago who only dated black women um what was he by chance he was white okay and he only dated black women and um exclusively and even and honestly to be fair he kind of tipped uh in the opposite in the direction we were discussing at the beginning of the show which was kind of like into that that fetishize a, fetishizing a race. Mm-hmm. Um, but he but he definitely wasn't aware of it. And that is that is normal. And when and he would ask me about like the black women I dated and when I and and clearly showed a preference for uh, those stories and those questions rather than asking me about the white women or any other ethnicity I dated. And when I asked him one day, I was like, why are you so focused? He's like, well, I, you know, I grew up in uh i don't remember the neighborhood but mainly it was a primarily black neighborhood he went to school in in mostly black community and he's like out here mm-hmm. okay. yeah he's yeah he's from la okay and he said he's like that's what i'm he's like that's who i grew to. up with that's what i'm familiar with so like that's who i would i I'd like i date what i know and that's not you know consciously obviously that's a that's a different situation but yeah and so if you when it's you not so much up, a different situation because I mean it definitely I I'm shaking my head because I've definitely heard and I know white boys mm-hmm. white people I know here's here's a perfect example I remember when people started hearing Billie Eilish talk and they were like why does she sound black. Oh, why she? is she? I've never heard her speak. Yeah, listen to her talk. She does have like an urban white girl. I was gonna accent. ask. Okay, I was gonna ask. Is it a matter of vernacular and or, or is it like a matter of speech pattern? It's just the way that she talks. Okay, and then it's like I started looking where she was raised, born and raised, and that is a very affluent neighborhood. Of black people oh. and a spreckle of white people. And a lot of white people that I know who grew up in that area, same thing. You hang out with a lot of black people, it, it happens. And I'm not going to say it's a cult. It's not, you're, I'm not going to call you a culture vulture. It's just 
again, you adapt. Right. You adapt to the culture that you grow up in. Exactly. Not, not even adapt. You you are a part of the culture you grow up in. Exactly. Even if it's not the part, even if it's not the, the culture that your race or your background sinks up to in everyone's eyes if you grow up somewhere that is still your culture very much just like okay southern people and i can't speak but you can speak because they're from the south you know southerners have a certain vernacular Mm -hmm. some of them sound black as fuck and they're white as hell and that's and that's mainly stereotypes very stereotype the accents aren't the accent isn't black but we are stereotypically only shown black people from that culture. And so people assume that the accent and the vernacular is black when really it's just a certain region of the South that and people just forget that white people live there because we're only shown black people living there in the media. Right. And Isn't, for the record, Highland Park is where Billie Eilish grew up. That's for our listeners. I don't know where that is. It's in down. It's near downtown LA. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but again, very people of color centric neighborhood. Ah. Very, very affluent in that neighborhood. So again, it's like where you come from is where you come from, and you pick it. Like you said, it's not like a a, a cliche. Mm-hmm. But it's just, you know, different parts of the regions of the world right. have different wasn't, vernaculars. And you'll have to forgive me because this is not my strong suit. But wasn't that one of the whole things regarding Eminem when he came out? Was that he came yes. from a largely black culture, but he was a white boy? Oh, my God. Like many white white rappers, especially during the 90s, mm-hmm. it was a whole thing. Like when these white rappers, especially like Vanilla Ice, when he was coming up, you know, people were like, we got to revoke this white boy's card. Like he's getting too comfortable. But then it's like, he wasn't really posing. It was just, he was marketed very badly at the time. Mm -hmm. Vanilla ice was from the hood in Mm -hmm. a sense. Eminem, he was from the hood and he was white trash. Having such a hard time, like putting vanilla ice and Eminem in the same box. I know, but you know what? But people have to, Mm-hmm. Especially like you can't tell me as a hip hop head or someone who, you know, thrives on 90s culture. You can't not compare those two. I mean, yes, there were other white rappers before and after. For sure. We don't need to talk about Snow from Canada. That motherfucker was a poser. Period. Who? Snow. No, never mind. We're gonna, yeah. We're, no. gonna, we're going so off track. So off track. But, <laughs> but yes, there was an ongoing debate that, you know, Eminem doesn't have street cred. Eminem is just some white boy who is acting black. Mm -hmm. But then you look at where he comes from. And again, he's a product of his neighborhood. Period. He's not faking it. He's not fronting it. It's 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 a weird inverse. And I mean, we're kind of speaking to a strict dichotomy of white and black. And because those are the more prevalent examples. Right. Not trying to leave out any, you know, other interracial. Yeah. Any or or or. People who, not even just interracial couples, but people who grew up in cultures that are not stereotypically their race the or the, the stereotype of their ethnicity or, or culture. But like it's it's a similar or it's the inverse of when you see um, black citizens succeeding in business and culture where they're like, you know, in like, like not to 
I'm trying to think of like the dumbest example I can think of. Like if you have like a black man who's doing really well at some like multi-billion dollar company where like skyscrapers in New York, like showing up like wall street type bullshit jobs and every, and people accuse him of acting white or, you know, selling out, selling out um, uncle Tom. Uh, yeah. Anything like that is like, it's like if, and granted it depends on what the, what their background is. Cause sometimes, you know, they've, come from the streets and they've like raised themselves up by their bootstraps and great. Sometimes they grew up in affluent, wealthy neighborhoods and those, the people that they're working with in wall street are the people they went to school with. Right. But they're still getting shit on. Like it's a white person's place to be there that they were filling the race quota. And I mean, again, I talk about it all the time because you see it happen. Now it's starting to change a little bit that, you know, we're no longer, Racial quota hires, oh, <laughs> per God. se. There's... But again, that's a different, you yeah. know, different discussion for a different time. But when it comes to the world of dating, what pisses me off the most is that, especially right now, instead of asking me how can I be with someone who is not black during these times, just ask me, you know, how is he handling being with you? during this time do you guys actually really have a conversation about this and the answer is yes in fact where how can you not exactly you can't that's what i don't understand too i'm glad that you brought that up because i feel like when you're dating somebody i think it's total bullshit when i hear my friends say that they don't talk like they talk but they don't talk about what's going on in the world how 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 do you build a life with someone where you don't talk about what's going on in the world? Right. You are, it's like the whole turn. It's, it's like an even more horrifying example of turning like a blind eye to media and social media and, and the culture problems, like to not discuss it with a person person with the person <laughs> that you're spending your life with is insane. Yeah. And it's like, how can you be with someone that can't, you know, ask you, hey, are you doing okay during all this? And the person says, what are you talking about? Like that to me does not, that doesn't feel like a relationship if you can't know your partner inside and out. I think even you would even say like, it would be weird for me being the person that I am and I don't come to you about these issues. Yeah. Like, even last week, when I had to tell you about that motherfucker who opened fire. Yeah. And by the way, that. I shocked him telling him this story. I hadn't heard the story He yet. hadn't heard about it. I'm not going to say the kid's name, but it's like... Yeah, we all know who he is. Right. We, it's, it's that. And even a better example, as I laugh about it, when I talk about it with my, my black fam- family members and friends... We had a date night to go see Queen and Slim. And do you remember when we were about to watch the movie and we were just hanging out in the lobby like we used to before all these COVID times and the the two black men came up to us. First, they complimented you because, you know, you you dress nice. But then he was like, they were like, oh, what are y'all about to go see? We're like, oh, we're about to see Queen, Queen and Slim. And they looked like, 
that that was your first pick like <laughs> you're gonna take him and I was like yeah I'm I'm taking my man to see Queen and Slim and <laughs> if we're being honest <laughs> This happens all the time, though. I know. I know. This happens all the time with us. It, it's first they compliment you on how well dressed sure. you are. P- it, it, they expect when people approach us in general they ex- and, and talk to us, they expect it to be a much more face value conversation. <laughs> and and often it is. We're yeah. social people. Right. We like talking to people. Um, but occasionally like, like that, they catch us outside of a movie that is very much about like racial inequality and, and very topical themes for the day and, and hard subjects to discuss in a, you know, a passing conversation. Yeah. And so when that happens, it, it does, it catches people off guard and they don't often, it's not that they don't know how to respond, but it does. It does surprise them because they Very don't much. expect to be having. They don't. It's not that they don't expect to be having a serious conversation. It's that that's not even on the table. They don't even expect a serious topic to be broached. They're just you know passing conversation with right. strangers in the movie theater. Oh yeah, or they were expecting the whole like yeah you know I, I gotta drag my man to movie night like this is a movie I want to see. No, it was a movie we both said right. that and, we wanted to see together. And if we can be honest, like. Queen and Slim is very much a movie like mm, marketed to black audiences, but it is a movie that white audiences need to be the ones watching it. Oh, hell yes. Let me let's even go even further. Your boy over here, your headmaster. He was in his feelings for a little bit after the movie. Yeah, it's a rough movie. I'm just saying I I knew it was going to be rough. I didn't know it was going to go that I didn't know it was going to go that hard. In fact, you, you even said like, wow, it, is it really, are some of these situations like that? And I said, I did not say that. No. When we were talking about a certain I part, I know they're like that. Okay. But we were, I, you asked me specifically something about, can you say it without spoiling the film? I guess. Cause it is in the trailer. Okay. The traffic stop. You were asking about the aggressiveness. At a certain point. Okay, I trust you, yes. but I don't like, remember I knew, having that conversation. You, but you did say it in a way like I knew that they were aggressive, but I didn't know it gets that aggressive. Which traffic stop are we talking about? The first the main, one, the inciting the, incident, right? Okay, yes, the one that basically. I, I don't think I asked that, but I definitely was like horrified at how at watching it play out. Okay, yeah. I so, know how bad they, sh- I, <laughs> I'm aware that shit gets bad. But yeah, like from an academic perspective and. The movie puts it in a much more subjective one. It's more in your face. Yes. It's definitely more in your face for sure. Yeah. And then uh, fast forward to earlier this year, um, when everything started to go down, you decided to take part in a Black Lives Matter protest. Mm, yeah. And again, people ask me, why didn't you go and why did you send him? I said, I didn't, didn't send, send me. Yeah, <laughs> I had to defend myself. And I'm like, I didn't That's send him. I said, I don't have to send my man anywhere because he is his own person. If he wants to go out and fight for what's obviously unjust and, you know, wants to use his privilege in the way that he wants. That's his discretion. If they, if sorry, folks, if you're dating a white person who doesn't, y'all don't have to go to rallies. And no, marches. you don't. 
But if you don't take, if you're a white person dating a person of color who doesn't take a vested interest in these things, um, in the protest, you don't have to go. But if you're not at least aware of what's going on and taking a vested interest and in doing something, then like, why are you even with that person? Yeah, how can you say that you care about that person if you're not taking a vested interest in their well-being and their safety in our society? I remember like like Sapphire just just got her own apartment again after a while and I remember after, like one night we were staying here and I am one of those people who locks all the doors. I lock all the doors every time <laughs> how it was raised. I shut a door, I lock it. Um and uh, and I remember going to bed and knowing that we had locked the doors, but at the same time, my, I grew up being afraid of burglars and serial killers breaking into the house. And I was, we were lying in bed and I remember like, as we were like, wait, as we were passing out, I remember thinking of Brianna Taylor yes. and being, and just like, you know, everyone goes through those hero fantasies of like, you know, someone breaks in your house. You got to defend the house. Well, you know, we sleep with a knife. I sleep with a knife. Yeah, but uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> Just thinking of those things. So, you know, like, yeah. I like, um, you know, you go through those hero fantasies of someone breaks in the house. You got to defend the house. You go take the, you gotta, like go fuck up the person breaking in. But when that that fantasy suddenly became like the people breaking in are cops. Mm hmm. And it's it completely changes that meant that mindset. You lose your hero fantasy and it becomes a much more terrifying image because like suddenly you're like it's you know it's a different thing when you're worried about someone breaking into your house being like a burglar or, or a murderer, and so when someone breaking into your house is a police officer, someone that you're supposed to trust. Not just someone you're supposed to trust, but like the idea of fighting back against something that you've been ingrained to trust and respect mm -hmm. and and expect them to have your like you don't grow up thinking oh like you don't grow up with hero fantasies of fighting cops i mean growing up as a black female even we've all had the discussion if you are if you are black and you're listening to this podcast you know which conversation i'm talking about and for white people that don't understand and are just now being introduced to that because the movie The Hate You Give, it opens, the fucking movie opens with this conversation. It's the uncomfortable conversation that a black man or a black woman, I'm trying not to cry because this is also one of the many reasons why I am very scared to have children, especially not to scare Benjamin, but if I'm not scared, we're having a conversation about race. This okay. Is a very different thing. As I have, it was like we, I had that conversation with him this year during all this. And, um, I am very, very scared to have children. That's why I've always joked for years. I don't want kids, but as I've gotten older, I don't want kids because one, if I have kids and if it was with Benjamin, I would have to have, very, very, very uncomfortable conversations with my children. And I don't get to choose the sex of my child. And I don't want to pray to God during a pregnancy, oh God, please do not give me a black son. And I know that's very selfish, but at the same time, I don't want to tell my son flat out, if you go out this house, you may not come home today. And this these are the steps that you need to take. And I, and I don't want to have that image where 
oh, I hope my son comes out light skin so that maybe he can be passable to the cop. Like, that's the uncomfortable truth that I have to have every day, even with my my cousins who are biracial. I remember even just picking up my cousins as a kid, I was always getting profiled as if I was kidnapping my, my cousins and having to provide extra information just to pick up a child that is saying, that's my cousin. Yes, I'm safe. Can't even tell you how many times I've had that conversation and an uncle has to come and yell at the phone to the teacher saying, what else does she need to provide to pick up her goddamn, you know, her family? Plenty of that. So I can't imagine all these black mothers out there who are losing their sons and daughters at the hands of cops that can't see past a certain, a certain color. They don't know a background. Perfect example of a movie to watch is American Son. So with Carrie Washington, it's based off of a play. Her son, who happens to be biracial, is racially profiled. And Carrie Washington has no idea if her son's alive or dead and is in police custody. And for almost an hour into the film, until the husband comes on who's white, then things start to come oh, out. Jesus. So again, this is one of the many reasons why even being in an interracial relationship, it's hard. It's like you might not want to think about having kids with somebody, but it, it's in the back of your mind because you love someone so much. And I know you may want kids. So then I feel like I'm selfish if, you know, he says no, he's shaking his, well, his head saying that, no. That's a- but at the, at the risk of belittling your feelings, that's a silly thing to feel. <laughs> don't don't let my own personal beliefs affect yours. Well, but again, we live in a society where I'm I'm seen as being a selfish woman to a man that I love if I refuse him children. That's the way society that's portrays us. They don't dumb. think about our psyche. That's dumb. It is. It is. And that's why I always say like so this is a pretty hard assumption that I want kids. <laughs> I'm just saying, in general, this is what we're presented in life. It doesn't matter, right? You know what type of couple you are. If a woman is stra- if flat out denying their partner of kids, you're selfish. It's never, oh, she might have health reasons. Oh, she has other reasons why she may not want to bear a child. It's she's automatically selfish because she just refuses to have children. I think the last time I dated a woman who actively wanted kids. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, that's good. That's the good. Like, I know so many, I've dated so many women who did not want children. And I'm just like, that's why would I force, why would I, why would I, I it blows my mind that, it blows my mind that, that, and that's not kind of like, that's leaving the race conversation. But regardless, it's still like a, a crazy thing that you would, date someone if you wanted children that you would choose to well specifically let's speaking monogamous couples Mm -hmm. that you would date someone who didn't want kids if you want kids why would you continue that relationship that's a big deal that's like that's that's like dating someone who thinks that black lives matter when you don't (laughs) 
or the and, other way around. And like, there's lots of, and there are some even interracial couples right now that are dealing with that. Yeah, that they've finally, never had that conversation before. Eve, Eve and her husband. So Eve Who came out. Eve? Eve, the singer, oh. the rapper. Oh, sorry. Rapper turned. I don't, do, I don't know music. Turned talk. Show host. Okay, music's not my thing. Sorry, never mind. You just said <laughs> Eve like it was someone we know. And no, I no, no, no. Not Eve like someone we know. But Eve, um, the rapper, came out earlier this year and talked about how she's now having the, the uncomfortable conversation for the first time with her husband about, you know, this Black Lives Matter, you know, movement. And where does he stand as a white man married to a black woman? You know, and there are couples who are really reevaluating their marriages over this for mm-hmm. the first time, reevaluating just their relationship in general over this, which is shocking because, again, reverting back to you and I, yes, race did not play the first thing. Like, I didn't actively seek you out as a white guy, I actively sought you out because you were hot and. I was like, ooh, I want some companionship. I was actually really just trying to get laid, in which I did successfully. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are five years later. That would no. be amazing. Five years later, no sex. No sex, right? We're so virgin. Doing such an interesting sex-related podcast, no sex. <laughs> no sex. But um, And then it just so happened that the type of sex that I was like wanting was able to be provided by this lovely human being this man and but it wasn't also that wasn't the first thing that turned me on what turned me on is that he was a guy that actually listened and turned me on with his mind i'm a sapiosexual first and foremost like good looks are fine but i love when my mind is fucked so (laughs) having a very like nice conversation with a white guy that didn't on the first time seeing me like fetishize me was beautiful can i ask you a question you can ask me that a question. i realize we haven't talked about yeah um because i've heard you comment about being a sapiosexual before do you think you're a sapiosexual with men and women or more so with men ah you because i I'm love like, you i've seen you definitely go like like person not even know anything about personality and be like hot to trot for some girl but with men you are much more selective and more like let me like i need personality first this is why i love him so much because he knows his lady so well um yeah listening yeah listening but again you've witnessed this too true i just mean like paying attention yeah um it's definitely more for men Mm -hmm. because i am more sexually attracted to women yeah i mean that's fair and who shouldn't be (laughs) everyone should be more attracted to women yeah fucking women are gorgeous amazing like i love you men no offense guys guys are guys are guys should be great too yeah guys should be great but let's be honest like us ladies we put a lot of effort to look good in the streets okay we we go through a lot of hell and some of that hell doesn't get noticed and then you come across me and you don't know what to do because you're like oh my god man every time every time a woman comes into work who's like clearly like put some effort into her attire and her look for the day i'm just like gotta compliment like like makeup on point hair on point like fantastic there was a girl came in today and i was just like i was like that is an amazing shirt nope that's not a dress not the dress no it's a shirt that's I was like, that whole outfit is just really working. Well, like, it looks really cool. And she's just like, thanks. I'm going to church. I was like, 
awesome. She's like, gotta look good for Jesus. Hey, <laughs> excellent. She you gotta look good, good for good Jesus. Job today. And that's, but that's what I love about you though too. Like, you're the same way I am. If we see something that looks good, we try to compliment it. Of course. And you know, sometimes well, try to bed them but most of the time sometimes yeah it's just most of the time we're just polite people yeah yes well yeah compliment people who have put work into something yes yes again y'all this is why you don't say nice legs no girls i mean you can do work with your legs but it's not really what like you don't have a choice you're born with legs right don't say nice rack nice ass everyone's got or everyone has an ass everyone has legs 51% 51% of the country or of the world have has a rack. Lips, eyes. Most people have lips and eyes. Yeah. Not everyone. We don't want to exclude the people without lips. Right. But go beyond that. Go beyond the <laughs> surface. A, what? I wanted to make some terrible joke. Oh, no. Please, no terrible dad jokes. No, I mean, that no. Because that wouldn't be you. No, I was trying to think of like of a, of a specific stereotype that doesn't have lips. And I was like old like the old british school teachers hey it's like thin like i just remember I just, every time i think thin-lipped i just think of that line from harry potter where it talks about mcgonagall pressing her lips so close together it just became a strict line across her face i can't sorry I can't. unrelated guys cannot with this man <laughs> but yeah um honestly yes and that goes all around the board but that was also because men are very easy to tell why they're attracted to me. Like, I already know. Because we broadcast it. Yeah, <laughs> it, but it also comes off in your mannerisms. Like, I, there was a time where, especially during Tinder dates, I already knew the reason why guys agreed to come over because they would always open up with, I haven't been with a white girl, I mean, a black girl. How many white guys have you ever been with? Oh, Man, you got a great ass for a black chick. Okay, thank you. What else is on the surface? That is horrifying and so confusing to me. Yeah, and I'm not going to lie. I don't understand. I exp- I, even though I agreed to go on that first date with you, mm-hmm. did I have my reservations? Hell yes. Well, if that's your history, yeah, of course you yeah, would. Yeah, I was, I was expecting you to at some point bring up black girl something. Uh, and I will say, like, that was... Race was on my mind, not in so much as fetishizing you, because mm-hmm. that's awful. Don't fetishize race. But more specifically, I had only I'd only been I'd only been out on a date with one uh no, that's not entirely fair. I had I had been with two black girls. Not even. I'd been with two non white girls. Oh wow. Uh, at that point, everyone okay. else I had been with was a, was a white girl. Yeah. Um, and again, talk about where you're from. Come from a m- mostly white community growing mm-hmm. up. And I had lived in L.A. for two years and I had been dating a white girl for most of it. Um, so I uh, well, three years. We keep jo- we keep jostling that timeline. Um, but uh, and so it race was on my mind, not in so much as fetishizing it, but as in. I didn't want to come off as ignorant. And so I was careful to avoid mainly to avoid the discussion until I was aware of how, of how much of that conversation we could have comfortably. Mm -hmm. Cause I also like from the opposite standpoint, like I also was a, I was well aware that I was a white guy 
on a date with a black girl. And I was like, well, I've only done this once. <laughs> and and I don't know necessarily how this conversation is going to go. And so like I I treaded carefully mm-hmm. because I didn't want to I didn't want to offend say anything that would offend you. And I definitely knew that fetishizing someone's race was offensive. Um, but that wasn't a problem. I didn't want to say anything that would come that would offend you, but I also didn't know um what you expected. Mm-hmm. And so I was treading carefully because I was waiting kind of I kind of waited for when any type thing related to race came up. Um and for, still for like months, really. Um, probably. Maybe longer given how I take things. Um I did not bring up that conversation. No. I would when you brought something up, then I would join the conversation right. as a as a as a participant because of course I want to have that conversation, but I it was always a matter of like I wanted to see I I was following your lead in all those circumstances. Huh. Call back to the beginning of the episode. Um, But yeah, I was following your lead because like, that's not, I was like, I am a white dude. Racial conversations are not my forte. (laughs) Yeah, Not even forte. They're not my, like, that's not my area of expertise. I was a white dude who grew up in a majorly white city um, or at least a majorly white community in a city in the South. So like I was aware that the racial conversation was not one at the, at that time I had a lot of experience in. I do have more experience now because I've lived in Los Angeles for seven years, but oh god, going on eight. I think what year is it? Nope, seven years. And um, actually, I lied. It's been four years. It's been four years. Yeah, that's us, what I was saying. We keep five. muddling. We that. always say five, but um, but uh, yeah. Anytime this is this goes for anything, anything, y'all. If you are not the person and know your area of expertise, kind of like know your place. Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, yes, know your place, correct. But that's a little more. Yeah, like jabby. That's yeah. like that's like telling people to fucking shut up. No, I, don't don't shut up. Yeah. but just I'm sorry, not to. Interject. No, no, you're fine. Okay. Um, just by saying know your expertise. Again, when it comes to race, white dude growing up in a white community, freshly moved to a very uh multi ethnic city. I I knew I know that racial conversations were not my area of expertise. If we wanted to talk about movies or comic books or food, I knew that I could bring that conversation up first because I know a lot about those things. Um, or I found out on our second date, I know a lot more about playing pool. Um, Touche. <laughs> which ended up with uh, a challenge of me taking off my bra and handing it to him. Yeah, that was a good. That was a good. Uh, that was that was one of my better uh, flirts in terms of like. It ended daring. with you kissing. You got a kiss yes, at the I end did. of that date because um, we did not kiss our very first date. Yeah. In was, fact, we had a very interesting conversation. Our first date was all conversation. Um, yeah, our our date was strictly conversation where I denied him of a kiss. Because I said, this, yes, I said, this date has gone way too well to where I would like a second date and see what happens next. And it was because of the fact that we had a very intellectually sexually fueled conversation very distinctly remember i was the one who said that but all right did you say it i'm pretty sure i'm the one who said 
this is going really well and I would prefer to take it to a second date before anything right, physical because I, because I am enjoying this a lot and yes. didn't want it to become just pure sex. That's true. Because I did. Oh, my God. Now I remember. Way to take, way to take credit. Fuck. Okay. I remember because I picked the place because it was so close to my house and it was just enough for him to, if he wanted to make that stop, mm -hmm. he could turn around the corner and go to my place. So when he denied me, I was not mad at all. It got me so hot that I think I, <laughs> I think I was the one that immediately said, yes, I want that second date. Cause I picked the place. Yes. Because I picked the place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But um, we had a very intellectual chat about our sexuality, where we were. And yeah, you're go ahead. Oh, no, you can. Oh, I was just laughing on that conversation of speaking what you're of, of remember, like when having conversations, know what you're an expert in and don't be and don't talk over people on things <laughs> like don't bring up conversations that you don't feel like you know what you're talking about. Don't bring up conversations if you're not an expert in them when you're first like. Or if it's, again, not an expert, but like if it's not your expertise. And I am now laughing where I, seven years later, that if I had been thinking in that mindset, I would not have brought up sex at all back then. Because I mean. <laughs> this is seven years before me. No, sorry. Five years. Five. So or four years ago when we were yes. dating. Sorry. I meant four years. But um, four years ago, like, like I, we were, we were good at sex. I think we're good at sex is an. We, understatement okay, we had very good sex we were very we were very good at sex however for 2020 ben looking back at 2014 no sorry 2016 ben definitely now i'm looking back going like you are not an expert you got so lucky that you didn't put your foot in your mouth no i even say that I to am, you we, we are have... both notably more well-versed and well-educated now than we were four years ago. And not to get it wrong, we were having really great sex. We, like, we yeah. we just have really good sex. We got lucky. We got lucky, because if we had... Because I've definitely gotten in, in, in... I've gotten in points where I talked up a game a little too much, and then, like, had to show up in the bedroom with some girl I was talking to. And I, to be... I, I have never... I have never not shown, not matched my game or sorry. My game has never not matched my mouth. Mm. However, on many different I've levels. All right. <laughs> However, there have definitely been instances where I've gone into a date going, Oh, I talked to this rough real big. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta show up. <laughs> it's like, it's never, I've never missed, but I've definitely like known that I talk too much. And I was like, okay, can't, can't slack. Well, yeah, I, I do it too. Like when we started dirty talking, over text even leading up to the first time we had sex I would even tell him like hey I usually don't I, I don't want to describe things that may or may not happen yeah you, you it was it was your conversation it, or it was you saying that that made me realize I was like oh I shouldn't I should not talk a game I should not talk this big a game yeah <laughs> I because I was just like at that point I had a thing I was like I'm I was so used to getting dick in disappointment. So when I actually had sex with Benjamin and people ask like, what was the intellectual, sexual intellectual conversation going back? And then I'll lead back to what, our, what I'm getting to now. Mm -hmm. So Ben and I discussed how I wanted to pursue BDSM, but I could not find a person. And I forgot how BDSM even came about. I think we were just listing out things that we liked yeah and i think we started 
like describing interests and likes and things and probably because I've been on I've been on FetLife for a while and yeah. that's kind of like one of the first things you guys you do when you're talking to someone new on FetLife is like discuss but we didn't likes meet on FetLife no no we didn't yeah. but I probably the conversation probably went that way because that's what I'm used to when you're right. talking to potential new partners on but you were also talking to someone who was just equally as a sexual That's person. true. I hadn't listened to your podcast yet, though. I think you did. Not before the first date. Oh, Re- maybe I did if you told me about the podcast. I think you did because you wanted to hear what I sounded like because we didn't talk on the phone. True. And oh, I think I, I told you, like, before, because uh, I always warn people when they go on dates with me, I'm like, to know what you're getting yourself into, I think you should listen to my podcast. Uh-huh. Like, shameless <laughs> plug, but at the same time, know what you're about to get into. Yeah, and I probably did because we were probably... Um, well, you did because that probably made me more comfortable to actually have the conversation about likes and dislikes with you on the first that day. and the fact that you were like you have a really sexy voice. You do have a sexy voice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, yeah, it's my money maker. So going back, when we had sex for the first time, we made it a point that we were not going to have all the bells and whistles, and that we were going to have straight sex because, yeah, at that point. I think we didn't have sex until like the third time that we met and we specifically made it a night where you were going to come over. Yeah. And it was, it was a sex only date. It was a sex only night. It was like trial and error. I think we had a conversation on the couch for like 2.5 seconds and I don't think we made it upstairs. (laughs) No, we made it to the kitchen. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we have a lot of because adventure I listened. sex. Y- you did. We even talked about that on Fuck University. No. We talked about it on your play. Yeah. Um, listen th- listen to, especially if you want to make a good impression. You know, oh, we've seriously diverted away from the, the no, no. It, 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 I was going to bring it back up. Because um, I think also when people ask about, as we wrap up, um, let's talk a little bit about of our, our BDSM yeah, we'll, we'll get into. We'll talk about the first date or yeah. the third date. We'll talk about dates Another later. night. Another night. But I want to make this point clear as we're wrapping up because people are like, well, okay, you're a black woman and you say that he's your dom sometimes and sometimes your boyfriend. He is my dom. He is my boyfriend. Those do not exist. Those are not mutually exclusive. Yeah. yeah like we, we do. Same, same thing. Yeah. Like I describe our relationship as a dom sub relationship because it very much is like it was very well established that I was extremely submissive to this man than other men. And that's just because he knew how to I'm not going to say the word control, but direct. Yeah. You knew how to direct me and my sexual needs of what I want. And I'm yeah. not saying that we go into extreme play. We're not high protocol. We don't. Yeah, we're not high protocol. We, we don't do hardcore BDSM outside of like the bedroom or a sexual setting. Right. And um, most of the time it's like I have to ask you for a specific date. Like when I want to have that type of play, I specifically yeah. ask for it. Yeah. When we're not in a quarantine, like we make a date and go to the dungeon or mm-hmm. we do like. Like you say, like we haven't done a scene in a while. Right. Those things that are specific, but it's not like. It's not each and every time you have, we have sex that you're beating my ass. Right. And I know couples um, and I know couples and, and BDSM relationships where like it is a high protocol thing. It is a 24 seven thing. It mm-hmm. is like they go home and they're sitting there and the 
the submissive is at the dom's feet when they're watching TV. And no. like, no, we don't do that. That's not our that's not our relationship. No. If anything, my legs are on his crotch and we're watching Doom Patrol. <laughs> why are you what why are your legs on my crotch? I don't know. I'm just thinking about how sometimes we sit. Actually, it's usually my head that's resting on your crotch. I that's well, I would, you could say lap. That's lap. Okay, yeah. there we go. <laughs> Saying your head is resting on my crotch sounds like just blowjobs during no, HBO. No, no, no. We actually watch shows. Like we're not that couple. <laughs> we're that couple that's like more like if you cheat on me, there's gonna be some hell to pay. If you watched Doom Patrol without oh, me. Oh yeah, you have to clarify that. They don't know. They don't know that cheating means watching the show. Oh without yeah, me. no. The only two things that Ben can ever do in this relationship to cheat is smoke weed with another chick and watch. Well, to clarify, I have never smoked weed. He is. Yeah, he is. Like, let's clarify. It's not like I can't go out and party with other people. It's yes. It's I've never smoked weed, and it's and I don't have an interest. So you and it's such a big part of your interests. It's very much that, like I want to pop yeah. his cherry. He pops my BDSM cherry. I want to pop his THC cherry in some way or form. So many acronyms. THC and BDSM. BDSM. <laughs> yeah, that's the only levels of cheating. So if anybody's like, I would love to have sex with him, you you very much can. Do not ask permission. The only permission you got to ask is his permission. Ask for his consent, not my consent. I don't own his dick. Like, there's that too. People think like, you, I have to ask you permission to have sex with other people. So not that. Whoa. People think that? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Like, no. no. They get it twisted with the whole submissive thing. Like, And then there's the, how can you submit to a white guy? And I'm like, how do you think I submit to a white guy? You think I just say, like, fuck my black pussy, you're my master, I'm your slave? Like, no, that doesn't happen. I, for, for those at home who can't see what's going on, I am cringing He's cringing. Because so these are the conceptions so, that people think. Uh, or they're like, how can you let him beat your ass senseless? And I'm like, I never said he beats my ass senseless because I'm not a pain slut. That's also And true. I don't have, like, a whip. I have a flogger, which has a ray of little things yeah, it's 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 yeah floggers aren't the same as a whip though to be fair i mean floggers are also yeah that's a trick well we one. had the writer's crop used... that someone stole i don't even know why oh no yeah and people are like that was sarcasm that, that was not a good writer's crop we can get you a better that's one that's true it wasn't it was more decorative <laughs> it, but was it was very decorative but it was a great it was great for it was our pretty. it was pretty for our experience oh yeah but no um more specifically, yeah, like, yes, I'm sorry. I was getting really technical about those things. I was like, well, floggers are absolutely used to like for like actual torture in real life, but not. In, but then it was like, but not in slavery situations. It's more like self-flagellation or older times when you. It's like I got real technical. <laughs> you about went it. like drunk history for a second there. A bit. But yeah, I mean, these are the questions that I always get. Like, how can you submit to a white guy? And I'm like, it's not. So much I'm submitting to a white guy. It's more so I am submitting to a man that I love and surrendering my power that I have on a daily consistent basis in my normal life that it's kind of nice that I'm not the one in charge in the bedroom. Which is often. Yeah. What. Uh, what like what motivates submissives to be submissive. Right. And I was also getting tired of men who claimed to have they were going to take charge and handle my pussy 
weren't taking charge in handling my pussy. That's why also I could not find a black man, a, a, a Latino man, an Asian man. I mean, you also couldn't find a lot of white men to do that. I couldn't find white men either. And again, I wasn't comfortable with just any white man doing BDSM on me. Because when they say, oh, I do BDSM, they just think it's choking and slapping me in the face and making me gag on their dick. And that's not BDSM at all. Well... I mean, it can be. It can be, but, but that. But, but that's not this. That's not the sum total of right. it. If you think it is, they, they're thinking of the more of the humiliation. If you think it is, it's not your area of expertise. It's not the humiliation aspect. No, and I'm not going to do that, especially, and not. This might sound a little racist, but I'm not going to degrade myself for the pleasure of a white man. Sure. Period. Because I know at the end of the day, that's where your head is at. You, the dude who's going. The dude who is going. Yes, not me. Not you. I'm saying. (laughs) Really not. Other white men. Humiliation and degradation. Yeah, white boys. I'm not going to say men because again, men, in my opinion, do not degrade a woman for what they're providing to you. Unless that's the kink. Unless Unless that is the agreed upon kink. I'm talking about straight up. Right. Yeah. It's not my thing, and I would even think that in the BDSM realm of humiliation you're doing that for a scene and at the end of the day you do respect that person that you are degrading in the act exactly and i mean honestly the biggest part of that like the difference between expertise and not in that specific example is can you step out of it and do you understand that do you understand like do you provide aftercare do you step out of the scene when the scene is over? Do you understand this is not a consistent thing? If you are provi- if you think that humiliation and degradation is a B- like for BDSM is something that is 24/7 and you never provide a break and you never provide a relief, then you're probably probably not uh, a kinkster. You're probably racist. Yeah. If you think that you building a relationship with some, if you think that building a relationship with someone who is not white is entirely about like beating them and humiliating and and degrading them like, and don't understand the, like then you probably don't understand the BDSM like aspect of that. And you a need to educate, you need to educate yourself. And again, you need, that is not a, Thing that you decide on your own right it's not a one-sided thing i when we decided to when we decided to go into this realm of playing and scenes like we had thorough conversations about what yes. i liked what i didn't like what absolutely can never like we went through my no list you have and all to that. talk about it ahead of time right so that you're both on the same page so that you know that someone isn't fetishizing your ethnicity your or your background. Because I think that even whatever. came up at one point, too. Like, I think I even told you as a forewarning, I was like, please don't. I think I even put it in this words because it doesn't it definitely sounds like some shit I would have said. If we get into this, please do not say like i own this black pussy you did you white said cock. you specifically clarified and don't say anything regarding ownership and that wasn't a problem because right i don't own people that's not that's not my kink even in fantasy yeah so and i i had to have that conversation like if we get into the scene like i get it people get 
into it. But at the same time, I'm I get uncomfortable when I hear it in porn, and I get uncomfortable. I get very uncomfortable when it's accentuated in my private life. Right. Um. There's a lot of things I'll take. You could you can say how juicy my pussy is. I know how black my pussy is. I know how black and pink it can be. I don't Another. need. I don't need you to give me a, a, a gyno description oh with your racist bullshit. <laughs> like, yes, I know you have a thick white cock. Can we just get to the thickness that's inside this juiciness? And like, I don't understand. And it takes me back to when this, this white guy came over to my house. I've said this story numerous times because it's the prime example of where is this is this whiskey stealing man? This is whiskey stealing man, and yeah, again, this is a story that I've said numerous times. I said on airplay, I even brought it up in the colorist in, in the first semester too. Yeah, of Clark University. I think so, and I'm going to say it again. This is a prime example of what a black woman may have stumbled into, and yeah. I know I'm not the only one. If you are someone like myself who is in the BDSM world and you claim to also reciprocate the same actions, but then you tell me, oh, no, I'm into master slave role. And I'm like, oh, OK, so you're like into true dominance and submission. No, I'm into massa and slave. Massa is the terminology that we used back in the slave days. So now you're telling me that you want to, I'm no longer just a woman you want to have sex with. I'm a black woman with a pasty white man and I'm supposed to call you Massa. Get the fuck out. Don't walk, y'all don't walk into a black woman's house and never, never walk into a black woman's house and expect or demand race play. Don't demand race play. Don't like assume that Any type if I'm providing libations, that's a take home prize. Yeah, that was because uh, that, yeah, that's that what was that motherfucker tried to do. Part of that story, but yeah, don't don't walk into someone else's house and then again, I want to clarify BDSM. Yeah, assumptions are the problem. Don't walk into someone else's house and assume that they're going to be into you degrading them. Some people are into degradation. That's a conversation you should have beforehand. Keyword again, conversation. It is a conversation. Do not assume Mm-mm. that because you're going to come off as you're going to come off as ignorant firstly. But secondly, you are going to perpetuate a stereotype against yourself and those like you. Right. If black women are interested in white men, and they keep coming up against white dudes who are, are gonna who keep telling them that they're into race play and BDSM that has a heavy like old time slave connotation. They're not going to be interested in white men anymore because all the ones they've act, they've met act like assholes. And that's the same with a black woman trying to find a good black man. OK, there are black men out there who all of a sudden are interested in me as soon as I'm snatched up by a white man. Why weren't you interested in me before? I've had those conversations. I only see you with white men. Well, how about this? I only see you with white women, but I don't complain about it. 
I don't sit up and say, oh, we're not good enough for you. No. If you like what you like, you like what you like. If that's what you vibe with, fine. That's what you vibe with. So why should it matter as a black female, I'm dating a white man? I could give two shits that a black man is dating a white girl. If that white girl knows what she's getting herself into and is just as educated as I am in dating interracially, then so be it. If they're happy, why should it fucking matter? Who, why should it matter what type of dick is going in my vagina or what pussy is eating my vagina? But I mostly get the hatred from, I mostly get the hate and flack because I'm with white men. It's not so much white girls. But then again, I don't have really a track record for white women. Yeah. Yeah. That's my body count, you guys. I don't date a lot of white women either. But people don't know that because I can't take pictures with half of the women that I'm with ever. You're looking because you know. Nope. I was trying to think. I was like, hold on. I feel like we definitely played with white a white. We've played with white women. And then I was like, went down the track record. And I thought of the. I thought of last Halloween. And I was like, well, nope. Never mind. It's is a trans white woman. It's she is a trans white woman. Um, but I think she's the only one I could think of. Yeah, because in that orgy, it, she was literally the besides you, the white person in the room. Yeah, besides that person in the room. Yeah, uh, we had one, there was one one. Yes. Everybody else was of color in yeah, some way or form. In that in that instance, and I'm trying to think of. I mean, we've played around with. I don't think we've played with strictly you. I've watched you fuck white women, Are but together parties. Yeah, at yeah. parties, no. You know damn well which ones I play with at the parties. Our people. Our people, and I've messed with... The hosts. The hosts. Yeah. And fucked a very much oh. older black woman. Yes. I've only been with the black women at the parties. That's true. Never the white women. And that's not, and that's not a racial preference, again. It's just I'm selective of who I even play with at parties, period. Right. But when it comes to race, play it like, again, it's not so much like I have a preference of white women. It just. Yeah, it, it just happens. No, and it's and that's the way ideally that's the way it would always happen is you take you like who you like and race yeah. isn't a factor and then take out all the like, the, like you I'm like who you like regardless of any type of the there would be no favoritism or preference in regards to race or ethnicity or culture or anything like that. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I mean, especially in these trying times, if you are an interracial couple and you're listening to this and you're listening to this conversation and say, fuck, we've never had this type. It's start to have, it, it's, it's time. Yeah. It, it, it really is time. If you were, I'm not going to say that all interracial couples, like you guys solely went out looking for people outside of your race. But if you have not had the conversation of race in your own relationship, I really fear and question the reason why you guys are together in the first place. Because regardless that you say you don't see race, you have to have the conversation of race yeah, in your I'm, relationship. Yeah. Like, my, I, I will say, and you've known this, my parents even asked me, you know, do his folks or do, do any of his family members know that he's dating a, a black woman? You know, 
and that's I'm not going to put you on blast. That's your that's just questions that we ask. The family, family. members that know I am Polly know that I'm dating a black woman. Yeah. yeah. And to me, that's more validation. I don't I don't hold it against my partners at this point if their parents cannot or refuse to acknowledge if their son or daughter is in an interracial relationship because at this point now we're at a time where there is a generation gap and I get it. But at the same time, I'm also not in the relationship with the parent. I'm in a relationship of the product. True. And the person that I'm with is more so who I would hope to God would protect me at the end of the day. Yeah. And that's all that matters. So if I get even one seal of approval from a family member, that to me is fine. I mean, to their credit, they know that I, they know that I've dated black women. Yeah. They just, once polyamory became a part of the conversation, I stopped sharing. Well, of course. I mean, my parents don't know I'm poly ish. 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 <laughs> I mean, we've had the conversation and it didn't go well. Yeah. But that's a totally different that's story. A, that's another episode. That's actually another good episode another we can confront and uh, lecture and talk about. But at the end of the day, if you are an interracial couple out there and you're not having a conversation about race, you need to. Yep. I know it's uncomfortable, but that's the whole part of a relationship. If you cannot have honest, uncomfortable conversations and you can't be transparent in your relationship, that's not a relationship. Yep. Pretty much. Like, and you're probably shaking your heads like, no, we have a, re no, you don't. Cause a relationship does not work without proper communication inside and out. So scholars, the one thing I want you guys to take away is that, yes, race is a thing. Race is a thing. But what's not a thing or has to be a thing is who you're dating, who you are sleeping with. That shouldn't be a thing. Fetishizing. That's the, making that the one thing, that is a fetishize. That's fetishizing the relationship. If you're dating a white guy, cool. If you're dating a black woman, cool. These are just added bonuses that now you have a bunch of cultures that you can learn from, from someone else. That should be the end game. That should be the, the, the bonus. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, hey, I am stepping out of my own comfort zone or to be with this person because I want to be with this person because at the end of the day, yes, race is a thing but you, that's where we learn i think and that's where our disconnect is now like we're not communicating with each other because we're so set in our one race one community mind step outside have conversations if you see an interracial couple on the street stop focusing on the fact that they're interracial couple and look at them if they're good looking god damn it Say, that is a beautiful couple. <laughs> if they have a child with them, don't say, oh, my God, how could you? That is a beautiful couple with a beautiful baby. And keep it pushing. If I go out and say I'm going to uh, date a Chinese man or woman, let me go out and date a Chinese man or woman. I'm just saying. <laughs> because, you know, it's such a thing when I open up and say I'm dating a, boy, a white man. It's clutch my pearls. Oh, my God. Soft out with a white boy. Again. I like what I like. Okay? 
I like what I like. So scholars, you know where to find us at <laughs> f.u.n.i.v.e.r.s.i.t.y. Yes, you could still follow me at Ms. Radio Sapphire. Oh, um, you can find, are we Twitter or Instagramming? Instagramming. Instagram is yours at the old Ben River. And University Fuck is our Twitter. Yes, University Fuck. Yes, University Fuck is Twitter. I'm getting better at social media. I've tweeted like four times. He's getting a little better. He is. In he the, is. Oh, sorry. Four times in the last week. But of course, we're also, also, you know, feel free to message us on Anchor. You can leave us a voicemail on Anchor if you're listening from the Anchor app. Mm-hmm. Email us. Our email is in every episode of the shows. It is f.university.mailroom at gmail. And of course, slide in our DMs. Till next time, scholars. 